As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. Get your popcorn ready. It's game time, baby. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome a team that is known as Stoppers. Stoppers. The Athletic presents Hogan Johns. Every single play, go take it. Bring that juice. Let's go get it. Come on. Chicago's best Bears coverage. Go Bears. Go Bears. From NBC Sports Chicago, it's Adam Hogue. The Bears angst in general. Everybody's like angry about it, I feel like. Just relax. And from The Athletic, it's Adam Johns. This is just how it is. It's a range of emotions. It's a range of feelings and hot takes. Here they are. Fiery, feisty, and frequently ill. The Adams, Hogan Johns. What's up? Welcome in. Hogan Johns with you. As the Bears try to end the five-game losing streak this week against the Detroit Lions. Thank God for the Detroit Lions. What would they do without the Detroit Lions? I just, it's a good thing they're in the division. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Or. Yeah, go ahead. Devil's advocate is... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Things can get worse. <laughs> Depends on how you look at this week. I'm choosing to be optimistic. We're going to discuss it all. I wrote this yesterday, though. I think this week sets up in the Bears' favor. So just a little teaser there. Not like I'm going on too much of a limb, but it's <laughs> yeah, either it's the Lions. It's yes. either that or it's a major, major trap, which it might be. Yeah, it, it might be a major trap, but I'm falling in it then. Now, welcome in Adam Hogue, Adam Johns. You can follow us on Twitter at Adam Hogue, H-O-G-E, at Adam Johns, J-A-H-N-S. You can read me, NBCSportsChicago.com. Johnsy is on The Athletic. Theathletic.com slash Hogan Johns is where you can go subscribe. The current deal right now, $1 a week. Pretty good. So get in there if you haven't subscribed yet and also want to tease because we got such good feedback of our spontaneous decision to do the podcast live during the game last week. We're not going to do it live during the game again. Uh, we anticipate this one being a little bit closer and meaningful in the fourth quarter, but uh, we're gonna we're gonna do it live again just after the game. So we're gonna plan on a five thirty start on YouTube. Subscribe to our YouTube channel. Uh, which we thank our producer, Kent Garrison, for all this and putting this together and making it happen on short notice. But um, if you just go to YouTube, 
search for Hogan Johns. The channel pops up. Hit subscribe. And um, it's also, I believe, going to be in the show notes as you're clicking on your podcast. Listening to this, you can find the link there as well. So uh, that should not be hard to do. And we will do that at 530 with the video on YouTube if you want to watch us live. If you can't pull it off, no worries. Podcast will still come out like normal, and you can listen to it as you normally would after a Bears game. Well, maybe people want to see us, so 5 o'clock. 5.30? I don't know why they'd want to see our faces, but if you do, come join us. So You will shower this time. Do you promise? I will. I, I think I'll take a shower. <laughs> maybe. I mean, you were really worried about, like, got to get the shot set up. Got to, you know, got to look nice. I th- did you put on a collar shirt? No, I put on a, just a pullover, Under Armour okay. pullover. I'm getting very used to watching games on my couch in my sweats. The I least mean, I could do is put on a nicer looking shirt. I've worn jeans maybe three times since March. Why would I need to? Just keep ordering more sweatpants. It's all, it's yeah. all, it's, this is the new world we live in. I do have a sweatpants shortage in the Johns household. I need more. Oh, you need more? Yeah, they, they, they're getting worn out like never before. And I'll tell you, uh, I, I guess next week I'm going to have to dress up again a bunch. Because we got winter meetings, baseball night in Chicago shows on NBC Sports Chicago. Get your baseball fix. I'm going in all all week there you with go. the suit on. It's going to be weird. Uh, but looking forward to that. All right. Uh, anyway, we got a Bears game to break down and some news to get to as well. You know, it's been an interesting week with this Matt Nagy challenging the defense situation. I've been kind of struggling with it, to be honest with you. I, I I haven't felt like it's that big of a deal. I understand some of the criticism, but the criticism's based more off of like, hey, wait a minute, this defense car- has carried your offense for so long, how dare you call them out? On the other hand, and I wrote this in my 10 Bears things, the defense gave up 16 first downs in 36 plays. They were horrendous, you know, and like he's still the head coach. So if you can't call your defense out after that performance, then you just never can call out the defense. And I thought it was notable that he never referenced names, at least not in the media. And I I doubt he did it, you know, with whatever he said to the team, said to the defense. I viewed it like a head coach that was understandably upset at just how his team played and not necessarily finger pointing. But I do understand how some, you know, some people took the take the way they they did that, hey, wait a minute, you know, this defense has carried you. How dare you call them out? And I thought that there was a chance potentially some of the defensive players would feel the same way. You know, there are egos involved and things like that. Um, but I don't know. I didn't really think it was going to like cause a mutiny. So it was Tashawn Gibson, the Bears' safety, who revealed to us today over Zoom that Matt Nagy jumped in a Bears defensive meeting. Was it Monday, Tuesday? I, I forget the exact day, but I, I first of all, I asked him three times. <laughs> I couldn't get the date out of uh, it, it. Was it was either yesterday, as in Wednesday, or today, Thursday? Okay. It was after you know because they're out of the building, right? It's all over with, Zoom with the or new protocols. Yesterday, yes. But based on what Gibson said, they had like their team meeting and then they broke off an offense defense and that's when Nagy came over and addressed the defense again. So I almost don't like that he had to clear the air, to be honest with you. 
Because, like we said in the last podcast, he has every right to to get after guys. And that includes the defensive side of the ball. And we all know that the Bears' best players are on defense, and he needs them right now. He needs them to play better for his own sake, for his team's sake, for everybody's sake, because of what happened against the Packers. And they're a better defense than what they showed against the Packers. So I had no problem with his his choice of words, his tact, if you want to call it that, his willingness to, yeah, point fingers a little bit, but I also get why this could be a sensitive situation. We're going to talk to Chris Burke later in this podcast. He covers the Lions for The Athletic because that's a good example of a coach, Matt Patricia, who is now fired, who is now looking for work, who probably pointed fingers a bit too much, whose choice of words and ability to keep his team together didn't work out. So they're a good example. They're like the, he's like the anti-Nagy, but you're still not getting the results you want from Nagy. So very interesting conversation I want to have with him about their hiring of Matt Patricia and what's next for them. But man, like you could call out guys. It's fine. Like it's, they're professionals, as they like to say, right? Like, they, they could take a little criticism, even if they are good players, even if they have played good up to this point. They played awful against the Packers. You played awful against Aaron Rodgers. You could take a little criticism. Here's what Deshaun Gibson said. He said, I've only been here a year, man, but I have a great deal of respect for Nagy. So just he just pretty much let us know, like, it wasn't a finger-pointing session. For it to be that, we would have been kind of caught off guard. For him letting us know this... That wasn't a finger-pointing session. It was just him talking about the game, frustrations, things like that. Um, but make no mistake about it, he's still believing in everything we can do as a defense, and it wasn't nothing personal. Like I said, we got a mature group on defense, and I don't personally think nobody that I talked to was personally offended and brought up the comments. So honestly, had he not even said nothing, I don't think it was something that people would have lingered on or thought about, to be honest with you. Like I said, him being the guy that he is, he got in front of it just in case there was anybody who had any ill will towards the comments. And I think this is an example of probably just a reaction to things that were written in the media. Don't you? I mean, because you have got Tuesday's an off day. So so he not only says this stuff to the team in the morning on Monday morning, and he's all fired up from the loss, but he also... You know, wants to make it clear through the media that this happened. You know, that he's taking charge of what was an embarrassing performance. And that's a word that these players have used over and over again this week. And then it gets taken the way it does. And I and like I said, I understand I like I understand why some people wrote the hypocritical nature of it. I, I, I get it. I don't necessarily agree with it, but I understand why it was written. And so I think that this is like Gibson just said, sort of a head coach getting in front of it and just understanding that things can tend to linger and take off during that Tuesday off day. So they get back together and just clear, clearing the air to make sure that whatever he said Monday was not taken the wrong way by his players. You shouldn't be offended by what Nagy says. You should be offended by your own play. <laughs> right? That, right. Like, yeah. Well, <laughs> that's, yeah. That's like, like, I guess it's just exasperating in a sense because... This is just where they are right now, yeah. right? Like this is a storyline that apparently needed to be addressed because you're now a losing football team um, after a five and one start. Uh, 
see, see that, but that gets at the point. Like, yeah. here's the thing: good teams don't have meetings, and if they do, you don't hear about them. You know what I mean? Like anytime I've never covered a, a winning team where, and where the storyline during the week is, oh, we had this meeting and then we had this follow-up meeting and then there was the player-only meeting. Like, <laughs> oh, yeah. We haven't know, gotten to the player-only meeting. No, they had one last year, remember? I think it was <laughs> yes. at the end of the four-game losing streak. There was the player-only yeah, meeting, you know? Yeah. So I want to hear about the, the – where was the – when you win four games in a row, what, what, what happens in the player-only meeting? You know, like that doesn't come out. That's not a thing. So that, I, I want to cover the day where there's no meetings. We feel so good about this. We canceled every meeting. We didn't even practice. Yeah, we screw just, it. Yeah, we, we went out there. You know, I, honestly, we don't have to spend too much more time on this. I, you know, people are jumping off the naggy bandwagon. I get it. He's got plenty to prove on the offensive side. I still believe that the players like playing for him and believe in him. And I don't. Maybe this is our first sign of cracks. In that area, maybe. But as I wrote in my 10 Bears things, you know, it's all about how they respond. And I thought Gibson's response, he's one player. We don't get access to many players. You know, on a normal day, we probably, actually yesterday, would have gone through the locker room and talked to a whole bunch of defensive players and gotten maybe five, six, seven reactions. Um, You know, he's one guy, but... Yeah, look, I was on the Zoom call. I, I, I feel like it was genuine. I don't think he was just caping for his coach for any reason. The guys still like him. That's what I mean. Like, I, I can't see... Again, we'll this get isn't into Matt it Patricia. We're, and no. Like you said, we're going to get into this about Patricia. It's a totally different situation. Yeah, yeah. It, it's just... Like, I get the guys are frustrated, and they should be frustrated. I get things are kind of way off the, the rails right now, but... Yeah, well, this is what happens when you lose five games in a row. This is the type of coverage you get. This is the type of things that happen with teams. It's just the reality until wins, not just one win, but a couple wins are had. Can, can I tell you the uh, the more concerning to Sean Gibson quote? This was on the Packers game. Quote, you look back and watch the film, it was like they knew everything that we were doing, and they had checks, and they had answers for every call that we had. Yeah, it's a problem. <laughs> that, that's... And by the way, <laughs> that's exactly what happened. Yeah. Yeah. And not good. And, and I'm sure Matt LaFleur did his best to prep during the week, but a lot of that was just Aaron Rodgers to the line of scrimmage. Oh, oh, I see this. I see that. I know this team well. I know everything that they're doing. I know the defense. And it was just a thorough beating. That's why, like, I, I not having Hicks mattered. It mattered on Sunday, but... I don't think I don't think Hicks being out there changes that well, score. Well, I know much. what you're saying. Like at at some point, the players on the field like matter. Like you may know the play, but you got still got to stop the player coming after you. And it's easier to stop Bilal Nichols and Brent Urban and whoever else was out there than in the key mix. Like the players still matter in this equation. The Bears are obviously shorthanded without a key mix. Yeah, we'll see if they get him back this week. Um, there's a chance he comes back, and that would be huge. That would be huge if you can get him up uh, against the Lions. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. 
You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. All right, let's bring in Chris Burke from The Athletic in Detroit at Chris Burke NFL on Twitter and a co-host of One of These Years, the podcast with Nick Baumgartner, which you can listen to on Apple, Google, Spotify, or Spotify as well. Chris, thanks for jumping on. Yeah, I've finally got uh, something interesting to talk about on this end, so <laughs> happy to have somewhere to do it. <laughs> well, let's get right into it. The uh, Thanksgiving disaster last week and then the uh, very timely uh, firing right in the middle of a Michigan football game, right? Uh, with Jim Harbaugh on the hot seat as yeah. well. I just love the timing of the firing and news coming out on Saturday. Uh, take us through last weekend. Oh, it was my excuse to not watch any more of that Michigan-Penn State game, that's for sure. So I appreciate that. Um, <laughs> yeah, I mean, it, by the end of Thursday, it, it kind of felt like it was maybe going to happen regardless of what they did on Thursday. And then, yeah, obviously, they didn't play well Thursday. And so I... Uh, I think pretty much everyone here who covers the team cleared out Friday expecting it to happen and it, it lingered, you know, a day longer than everyone maybe thought it was going to. But, um, you know, by that point, it, it it was pretty obvious that they had reached the end of the road. You know, Matt Patricia opened his postgame press conference on Thursday night or Thursday afternoon, um, you know, th- thanking his wife for all the time she'd put in with their family and, uh, you know, help them with the move and uh, like all this stuff that he'd never, you know, it was Thanksgiving. So you kind of gave it a pass, but it was all this stuff he'd never said before publicly. And it kind of felt like he knew it was his last time in front of the media there. And, um, so yeah, it was, uh, I don't know how much of a head start it's going to get him, but, uh, it had to be done. And so now I kind of turn the page and move forward. Chris, how, how bad did it get? Under Patricia, I think it was was it Ashawn Robinson who kind of did a dance on Twitter uh, <laughs> about it. Uh, I know other guys uh, have been in the media before, kind of complaining or at least venting their feelings about what occurred under Patricia. But like, how bad did it get for certain players or, or just that team in general under Patricia? Well, it was interesting because it was you know Ashawn Robinson in the past. We've heard Darius Slay was another guy uh, after the news broke. We've heard from Quandre Diggs in the past. Um, you know, and it was all these guys that uh, Patricia and Bob Quinn pretty clearly wanted to get out of the locker room when they did. And they just, it was obvious there was some sort of strain between the player and the coach. And um, the Lions, in, as part of, you know, building their quote unquote culture under Patricia, cleared out some of these talented players who just kind of clashed with him. And so that looks great if you do that and then you go win with your culture and it looks like this if you're terrible and you know everyone can kind of uh, jump on your back when you're losing and when you get fired. So um, I, I think it was bad the first year for sure that transition from Caldwell to Patricia was a, a big time jolt for a lot of guys in that locker room. I do think they worked, you know, obviously it failed as we saw, but they worked really hard to kind of clear out uh, some of the people who weren't buying in, which includes, um, you know, in, in their minds, those names that I listed. And uh, so I think this year it was it was a lot better because they had some of those Patriots guys in there who knew what to expect. You know, they had Jamie Collins and Deron Harmon and Trey Flowers and uh, Danny Amendola and all these guys who were veterans and had been through it. So I think this year they at least knew what they were getting into. You know, Matt Patricia had a really interesting offseason where he was very 
publicly supportive um, of his players as they uh, kind of pushed for social social justice and and you know stood up for some of these causes off the field too. And then the game started and it went back to where it had been for two years. So I, I think it was a lot better this year, but I don't know that it was ever good. Um, and even you know today, a um, couple days before this you know Lions Bears game, uh, guys have been talking about how there's been more energy at practice and the music's been playing throughout the whole time instead of, you know, having these really dull, quiet periods during practices. And some of that just happens when you fire a coach, but I think some of it is as the shift from Matt Patricia to Daryl Bevel for sure. One more question about this, this whole coaching thing, because I don't know if many people know this, but the bears and lions are kind of connected on, on this through Ernie, of course, in 2015, The Bears used Ernie Accorsi, and that resulted in Ryan Pace and then John Fox. And then in 2016, right, the Lions used Ernie Accorsi, the former GM of the the Giants and the Browns, and that resulted in <laughs> Bob Quinn and yeah. Matt Patricia, right? Like, what, what do you think about Ernie Accorsi's involvement in all, in all this? I'm just curious. And, and then the Giants used him, I think, for Pat Shermer and Dave Gettleman, <laughs> and we've seen how... Hmm... Yeah. It seems yeah. to be a theme here. I mean, <laughs> so the results at this point, I think, are kind of speaking for themselves. I mean, I think that for the Lions' sake, you know, I, I almost positive that that was, you know, the league obviously recommends Ernie Acorsi in those spots, but I'm sure the Lions asked for some help, um, and uh, they might do it again. I mean, even in firing uh, Matt Patricia, Bob Quinn, you know, their owner uh, Sheila Ford Hamp said that they're going to reach out to a lot of people in the NFL and around the league and, and with the league and just sort of see what kind of advice they can get. So it wouldn't surprise me if they end up with another advisor in here. As you're kind of suggesting, it'd be better for them if it's not Ernie Accorsi, I yeah. think. Um, because, yeah, that obviously didn't work out for them um, last time through. And, I, I mean, I think the goal is to be at a spot where you don't necessarily have to go outside the organization to find people to help you with these searches. So, um yeah, I don't know how they'll progress from here, but certainly, of course, he's, you know, his fingerprints have been over some, or been on some big hires here in the past five, six years, and none of them have really worked out. Chris, I, I want to go back to week one, um, you know, to kind of get on the topic of this this Bears Lions game, but I, I just thought that that was an incredible. Uh, you you just talked about all things that that maybe Matt Patricia did right in supporting his players in the off season and you know, what kind of vibe there may have been going into the season. I just thought that that was such a huge red flag. What happened in week one for the lions, because not only did you have a lead and blow the lead, but it was for the same reasons against a not great quarterback <laughs> here in Chicago that seemingly owns Matt Patricia's defense. And if you just break down that game, it was like the stubbornness to continue to play man defense in the fourth quarter. And, you know, Trubisky did what he does against the Lions. So, first of all, I mean, how did you view that at the time? Because we didn't get a chance to talk to you after that. And um, I guess the the follow-up is, now that he's gone, are the Lions going to make these defensive adjustments that they probably should make against Mitch Trubisky? Uh, I don't know on the defensive adjustments. I think that remains to be seen a little bit. I mean, you would hope um, they do something differently because, yeah, it's been several games now. Trubisky really just shredded that 
Matt Patricia defense, and uh, now Patricia's not there to oversee the game plan, so we'll see what Corey Unlin kind of dials up. I mean, they're also pretty banged up defensively, so I don't even know what they can do that would be that much different. They're down um, several of their guys that they had as starters at one point or another here. So, uh, But, yeah, I mean, I think it certainly was a red flag, and, you know, from the Lions' sake, you kind of maybe uh, wrote it off as that they should have won anyway, and DeAndre Swift dropped the ball in the end zone, and if that, you know, he makes that catch, it looks a little different. But the underlying problems were there, which is what you mentioned. It's just that, this, you know, kind of the stubbornness, when they got in these tough spots, they always fell back into the same sorts of things defensively, but also kind of got stuck in these shells offensively. You know, they were really good under Patricia, uh, like the first 10 minutes of the first quarter and from the first half, usually in a lot of games, and then it all kind of fell apart in the second half. So I I think it was certainly a red flag. And I think even more than that is just looking at, you know, kind of across the board at everything he did over, you know, two plus years, two and a half years. Um, They knocked off the Packers once his first year, they probably should have beaten them last year uh, in Lambeau, but um by and large, they just were not competitive against the Bears or the Vikings. And, you know, that's a pretty big problem if you're going to try and turn things around in the NFC North to to not be able to beat two of three teams that maybe aren't even the two, you know, maybe aren't even the best team in the division. So I think that was that in itself was problematic that he couldn't get over the top against the Bears in a game that they had. I mean, it seemed like it was wrapped up. Chris, it's always amazing how things come to to be like a full circle here. Like things come full circle here in the NFL sometimes. And uh, it wasn't too long ago where Daryl Bevel, now the interim coach of the Lions, was a head coaching candidate for the Bears, right? Like in maybe 2012 with, with or 2012, right? With with Mark Tressman taking over. So 2013. So when, when Mark Tressman got the job, Daryl Bevel was a candidate. He was interviewed by former GM Phil Emery. And here he is leading the... The, the Lions in their first game after Patricia. I, I'm curious, you mentioned the, the, the music being played more at practice. Like, what other yeah. changes in tone ha- have you seen from Daryl Bevel? We, we know he comes from Seattle, and their practices are very different from all accounts and purposes from everybody else. Like, what do you see so far? What do you've heard so far from Daryl Bevel that, st- that strikes you as very different from Patricia? Yeah, I mean, he certainly gives off more of that uh, Carroll School of Coaching vibe and the Jim Caldwell vibe before Matt Patricia got in. You know, just very players coach. He's an upbeat guy. He's, uh, I, I'm sure the media eventually wear him down over his five weeks as an interim. But he, you know, he's he's pretty upbeat. His first press conference, he launched into a story about uh, you know how his uh, daughters were getting engaged. <laughs> you know, very personable guy, and we've heard that from. He blew uh, it there, right? Like yeah, that's he like did, he's, he's mean, probably in trouble. <laughs> he said he didn't blow blow it, but it sounded like he gave away that his daughters were about to get asked to be married. So, uh, but yeah, I mean, we've heard from guys on the offensive side of the ball just that you know how positive he is, how he goes out of his way to to kind of uh, connect with everyone, and and we've heard that from the defensive guys too this week who really would have never, especially this year, would have never really crossed over um, with him much at all you know Deron Harmon and Colin Jamie Collins and you know guys who say said that um you know they have had uh have spent some time talking to him and and bouncing ideas off of him and he you know they they like chatting with him like I don't think it was a big huge transition for him to jump in front of that team and kind of get people behind him because I think they all like him there and and so you know maybe that does change things over the last five weeks if everyone's just 
a little happier. Um, I don't know that it will. I mean, it's still a pretty flawed team, but it, it might make a difference for uh, the short term. So, uh, yeah, he's an interesting guy. Adrian Peterson just said um, in a press conference this week, too, you know, he thought Bevel should have been a head coach uh, a long time ago because of how he approaches the game. And, and so maybe he has a really good five weeks and spins this into some more opportunities for himself, including, I mean, I think the door's open for him to at least get an interview in Detroit if this finishes really well. All right, Chris, uh, you, you do a, a ton of NFL draft stuff, too, and, and I was one of those guys, and in fact, I remember writing a, a column the week of the draft that the Lions should trade Matthew Stafford, they should draft two. I was focused on two. Uh, obviously, in hindsight, uh, Justin Herbert would have been a good pick for them, too. My argument was you don't use the number three overall pick on a cornerback, a cornerback when there are quarterbacks like that available. How much is that talked about right now? And what happens with Matthew Stafford uh, going forward? I think, it, I mean, it's definitely talked about. I think you'll hear it even more if Tua continues to develop and if Justin Herbert keeps playing the way he has. I mean, I think it probably would have been Tua if they'd really gone that way. But I don't know that it was even, I mean, I know that they scouted the quarterbacks. I'm sure there was a bit of a discussion there, but I don't know that it was ever a real conversation for them in that building to take a quarterback uh, in the first round. So, um, you know, hindsight obviously is what it is, but I, I don't think that there was really an avenue there. Even if they had traded down, I don't think they were going to take a quarterback. So, um, this year is where it gets really interesting because I think that there's, you know, there's, they're potentially going to be in the top 10. Again, there's three or four guys that could land in that top 10 and you're a little closer to where you can get out from under the Matthew Stafford contract without taking too much of a blow. Um, and I think that, you know, whenever you have these regime changes, there's always an opportunity. And now you've got a, you know, a quarterback who's in his mid thirties, who's been banged up. He's, uh, his cap hits 33 million next year. I mean, it certainly makes a lot of sense for them to go looking a little bit, um, with whoever the GM is because, uh, you know, I, you almost feel for Stafford. I mean, he certainly isn't playing the way he sh can play this year. He's, he's made a lot of mistakes. He's thrown, you know, two or three key pick sixes. Um, but, you also get the sense that if he were to get into another franchise that's a legitimate playoff contender, he could do some pretty special things into late December and January and might be uh, kind of re-energized by that chance. As far as the, the game on Sunday, is there any matchups you're looking forward to? I, I know uh, us here in Chicago and you guys are in Detroit are kind of focusing on the, the bigger picture things, but we got a game to cover Sunday. Um, I know Kenny Galladay is, is hurt again. So in terms of matchups and then your pick, how are you feeling about this Sunday? Uh, I mean, I guess I'm I'm kind of curious to see what the Lions cornerbacks do. Um, and I don't know who's playing there. I mean, they just put Desmond Trufant on uh, IR. I assume Justin Coleman and uh, Amani Oruwariye are starting. It doesn't seem like Jeff Okuda, who was that number three overall pick, is uh, – I mean, it seems like he's trending towards being out again this week. So – they're uh, pretty thin there. They've been trying to mix and match. They played Tracy Walker in the slot last week. You know, he's been a safety for them since they drafted him, so that was different. Um, so they're kind of figuring things out on the fly at corner, and um, obviously the Chicago receivers are good and have given them some trouble in the past. So I, if they're going to have any chance, they've got to find some way to at least uh, keep that in check a little bit. I, you know, again, I don't know how much they can really do defensively. I mean, maybe fire up some more blitzes and try to heat up Trubisky a little bit more. Matt Patricia, every time he faced Matt Mitchell Trubisky, was more worried about Trubisky's ability to break 
contain and get out of the pocket than anything else. And we kind of saw that uh, come back to bite him. So I don't know if uh, that might change under Corey Unlin, but that's probably the matchup for me. I mean, offensively, if DeAndre Swift doesn't play, if Kenny Galladay doesn't play, I, I, you know, they're pretty limited on that side of the ball too. So your pick? My pick. Oh, sorry. I didn't, does it matter? Um, yeah. Uh, I <laughs> Fair enough. Uh, I mean, I, I think Thanks, I, Chris. I'll, yeah, I'll, uh, I'll take the Bears like 24-17. I mean, I just don't think the Lions um, in their current state, even if they're uh, feeling a little better about themselves, have too much firepower available. So, uh, uh, you know, I, I, I don't know. I think it'll be close, but I don't know that they have enough to pull it out. The Lions are like the Bears' ace, you know, the stopper. You're on a four-game losing streak, five-game losing streak. You just need to get your ace back out there on the mound, and 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 you know you're going to get the victory. I mean, that's what it's. Unfortunately, I, I don't mean to make fun of it because I, look, the Lions. We always say this: the Lions are the Lions, and we always wonder if in Detroit they say the same thing about the Bears. You know, these are just the two franchises in this division. They can't seem to figure it out. But hey, Chris, thanks so much for the time. We always appreciate it, and uh, really good stuff. Sure, guys. Thanks, Chris. When you're hiring for your small business, you want to find quality professionals that are right for the role. That's why you have to check out LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn Jobs is the tools to help find the right professionals for your team faster and for free. Because when you're looking for a job, Hogan Johns fans, you want the best experience possible. No questions left to answer and sketchy websites to navigate around. LinkedIn isn't just a job board. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. On LinkedIn, 86% of small businesses get a qualified candidate within 24 hours. Hire professionals like a professional on LinkedIn. And over 2.5 million small businesses use LinkedIn for hiring. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash Adam. That's linkedin.com slash Adam to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. Well, good stuff from Chris Burke there and... um I don't know. Perhaps our listeners could see how things are a little bit different with this Matt Nagy. There are some parallels, like the fact that Matt Patricia's defense never worked in Detroit, and so far Matt Nagy's offense has not worked in Chicago. And one was an offensive coach, one's a defensive coach, and it just never worked out. But man, I you know if Matt Nagy was fired tomorrow, Johns, you would not see uh, Mike Davis, for instance on Twitter being like, oh, the guy deserved it. Right, right. Oh, well, maybe you would. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> all, all the, uh, the, they're just like, like you don't, so, so many of these guys are just so restrained, even with like with their social media nowadays. So to see the continuous discord and the, the celebration when the guy gets canned, like that's, it's something, something else, something else. I gotta, I gotta say, this is kind of going off on a tangent. I get a kick out of how you know teams have these players so trained to say nothing, right? And yet they're on, they're on Twitter, like just liking, like, and they know what they're doing. They're liking the, like, oh, come play for us, New England. Like, you know, all these Bears wide receivers seemed unhappy with their who what they're liking and and then all of a sudden the likes disappear. It's like, Dave, we know what you're doing. Come on. 
Yeah. Then they unlike it, like they like it. That's what I'm saying. And then those likes disappear. There was a few of those this past week. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. Alan Robinson and Anthony Miller. That's their way of speaking out without saying anything. It can't be quoted. No. Still get it'll still hit the blogosphere that you know bears yeah, wide receiver. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And the players gotta be careful. Like if you're gonna do it, you gotta be quick. People screen grab. The internet is forever. No. Nah, he's starting again. I know. Are we gonna have the Mike Glennon Mitch Trubisky game in a few weeks? It's possible. I would love that. <laughs> I'm imagining it. You can see me. like No one else can see me, but I'm looking out my window into the sky, just imagining the Mike Glennon-Mitch Trubisky showdown. In Jack- it would be in Jacksonville, right? That would yep. be. Ooh, boy. And it would be one of the few games with fans. Because Jacksonville, they just don't. They're like, yeah, let, it, let, her, let everybody in. Uh, come on. I'm here for the... Trubisky Glennon Bowl. I am here and I am ready. Let's do it. Let's do it. All right. Well, first we got to talk first, about yeah, yeah. But first we got to talk about the uh, the Lions and Bears, which I know the rest of the NFL world is just so excited about this week. Uh, it is Daryl Bevel. Daryl Bevel, as we discussed with Chris Burke, finally getting his head coaching opportunity. He will be the head coach for the Lions in this game, and will be. Uh, still calling plays for the offense. Um, we'll see how it goes. He's still got the same team. Uh, so let's get to our three big questions. John Z, go ahead. All right. Adam, will Mitch Trubisky's success, Mitch Trubisky's success against the Lions continue, regardless of Matt Patricia being there or not? So Mitch's success started with Matt Patricia. He actually lost his first two games against the Lions back in 2017. Granted, he was on a different team too. Um, but it it is very, very clearly correlated with Matt Patricia's arrival and that defense. And it, it, it meshes with the rest of his career. Some of the struggles he's had reading defenses... Um, and it's and I remember writing this back in week one. It's it's part of it is man versus zone, but part of it is also if you give him man coverage, don't disguise things well, and you don't have a pass rush. That's where Mitch Trubisky can kill you. By the way, that goes for most quarterbacks too. This is not like some ground breaking type of thing. But you also heard when we talked to Chris Burke there. Matt Patricia's been so concerned about Trubisky running that they don't pressure him a lot. Like they yeah. don't, they don't, bring, they don't blitz him. They don't, they don't really get after him. Uh, and so, it's it's a real thing. So the question is, does it does it continue? Um, by the way, here are Trubisky's numbers in four starts against Matt Patricia's lines: four and zero, sixty nine point three percent completion percentage. 1,100 passing yards, 12 touchdowns, and one interception. I mean, if he, if, he could, if, if he could play the Lions every week, you should have traded up to number one to draft him. <laughs> I mean, those numbers are legit. He'd be, super, he'd be a superstar. Um, so, yeah, I, I, I absolutely think they're going to continue. Um, as Chris Burke laid out, too, the, the Lions have some 
injuries to get through as well in the secondary. So everything's coming up Trubisky this week. And I think that trend continues even if Patricia is not there. Question number two. Can the Bears surpass 133.4 rushing yards this game? That stat is used because that is what the Lions are allowing this season on the ground. What did the Bears have back in week one again? I mean, I know they – it's one of their they, – they, I mean, they're running the ball well the first couple weeks, so. Can we pull it up? Yeah, if you can. Talking. I'm just wondering what the, what it was, 133. So the Bears ran for 149 yards against oh. the Lions in week one. Mm. Still a season, that season high. It's been straight downhill since then. Yeah, I don't – Man, based on what we've seen so far this season, I think that's pushing a little bit. However, you know, going back to the first question, I actually do think that Corey Unlin's going to change things up a little bit. I don't know how you can't. Of course, I said this in week one, too, and they didn't. But again, Matt Patricia's out the window. I think some of the stubbornness with playing man defense uh, will change. So maybe they bring pressure more, and that allows Mitch to scramble more. And he picks up some more rushing yards. So the question is 133 as a team. And I still think they go under. I think they flirt with it. Ooh. I, li- I like saying that. I think they flirt with it. Okay. Which would be good. Which would be good. The Bears have not been over 100 yards rushing since week three. Atlanta Falcons. Oh, actually, well, they reached. Sorry. Never mind. They did it last week. Yeah, I was going to say 121 last week. Yes. Sorry. Bye weekers in there. I had to uh, move my page down a little bit. All right, question number three. We just talked about this at the top of the podcast. Matt Nagy's messages. Personal pride. I know what Deshaun Gibson said, but will those, will those messages result in a fired-up defense on Sunday against Matthew Stafford? I can't talk today. Matthew Stafford. I'd like to see him get his hands on more balls. That would help. That would help. You know what else would help? How about Khalil Mack touching the quarterback? Mm. That's not cliche talk. That's real talk. Yeah, that would help too. And maybe bring Robert Quinn along with them. That might be mm. stretching it. But Yeah, I don't, I don't know if I would count on that. But um, I'm going to go back to what we talked about off the top. I don't know that they are fired up because of Matt Nagy's message. I think they're fired up because of their own crappy play. I, I think they're I think they're genuinely embarrassed. Um, I don't, and, and that goes back to: Did Matt Nagy really need to deliver that message? I'm willing to listen to that conversation, whether it needed to happen or not. But I also think, as the head coach, he has every right to get, deliver that message if he yeah. wants to. Okay, especially after that horrendous performance. Um. I hope the defensive coaching staff takes accountability because that's on them too. And Pagano did today, by the way. We talked to Chuck Pagano today. He put a lot of that on himself and being in the wrong calls at wrong times. Um, and by wrong times, I mean pretty much the whole game because Aaron Rodgers, <laughs> like Tashawn Gibson, the first said, play, they knew what they were doing every single play. It seemed like so. Um, but look, this is a different matchup. The Lions are banged up. I do think the Bears come out fired up. They're at home. I think they cause some takeaways. I think they play much better. I agree. I agree. All right. Good. 
Bold predictions. I'll go. Okay. Trubisky does have a very good day. In fact, he accounts for, let's say, 275 yards of total offense and three touchdowns against the Detroit Lions. So his success continues against them, regardless of who the head coach is. A big day for Mitchell Trubisky. He gets a game to really feel good about and earns himself another start. By the way, I have a confession. And this is going to sound crazy. And yes, I'm about to bring up fantasy football, so bear with me. But we're in a two-quarterback league, and I was desperate last week, and I picked up Mitch Trubisky and played him. Ooh. And it paid off. Yeah. Three touchdowns. And if if the numbers you just gave me are true, I'm going to play him again this week. I need Drew Brees to come back, man. Come back to me, Drew Brees. Do it. Um, why wouldn't you? Ask the guy, why wouldn't you play Mitch Trubisky if you're desperate, like I am, in fantasy? Why wouldn't you play him against the Detroit Lions? He owns these guys. What I don't get, so I, I tweeted out yesterday that Mitch Trubisky is getting the start, and people are like still liking this tweet and commenting on it, and there are like Lions fans celebrating this fact. Huh? Blows your mind, right? Look Do they the watch the games? <laughs> I guess not. They got the bags over their head still. Oh, they do do that a lot in Detroit. Um, my bold prediction goes along with yours. This is what I, if you read my column yesterday, really my point was that for the first time, I maybe this entire season, the closest thing that you would equate it to is maybe week two against the Giants. I think the Bears come out and take a lead and play with a lead and control a football game. That never happens with this team. I think the Bears, my, so my bold prediction to be more specific is I think they score a touchdown on the first drive of the game. Wow. Wow. How about that first drive of the second half? That might even be more bold. That would be like groundbreaking. <laughs> <laughs> bold. Keep him. He, he's earned his job for 2021. <laughs> like that's Resign Trubisky. The third quarter stats just blow my mind. Just blow my mind. It, it's pretty bad. <laughs> what? Yeah, I know. All right. Predictions. Predictions. Bears 27, Lions 16, which is a pretty convincing win for the Bears. And there's, there's a whole lot of reasons to doubt them. Um, but the Lions are the Lions. I don't care who's coaching them. That team has thrown it. And you, you, like, you might see some juice early on, like some energy early on. Like They're a happy bunch. Matt Patricia's not, all, not around, but... I feel like Khalil Mack, Roquan Smith can ruin a lot of that energy early on. Trubisky plays well. Give me the Bears here in a convincing win. You know, I I have been toying around too with like the idea that this might be a blowout. I, w- I want to be clear. There's a difference between controlling a game from start to finish and blowing a team out. You know, there's a difference between getting a lead, playing with a lead, and just being the better team from start to finish. Maybe that's the better way of putting it. That being said, you know, the Lions tend to keep these games close, especially when Stafford's playing. And, and so I, I have a hard time thinking it's going to be a blowout. Um, the line is three. I think that's a little low, but I, I'm struggling to go much higher than that, to be honest. So I'm going to say Bears 24, Lions 20. 
Like, I still think it's a game in the fourth quarter. We're not doing our live podcast in the fourth quarter. Okay. Okay. Maybe. Okay. Maybe. Maybe. Uh, Probably not. Okay. Uh, Should we do some other games around the NFC North and even farther? Going up against the Bears game, noon, Mike Glennon. Kirk Cousins. (laughs) Get ready for this one. In Minnesota, hey, the Vikings are... 10-point favorites, huh? Wow. They're tied with the Bears. They're 10-point favorites. They're 5-6. and six. My family up there is talking about the playoffs. Playoffs? Playoffs. Playoffs. They're, you know, hey, low-key game on uh, Sunday that we didn't really talk about. The Cardinals losing to the Patriots was kind of big. The Bears are still only one game out of the playoffs. Right? Yeah, oh yeah, oh yeah. But so are the Vikings. They're right there. So anyway... Jaguars, Vikings in this one. Um, I'm going to say that Mike Glennon covers this spread, but still loses. Maybe they lose I, by seven. I agree. Tons a lot. Vikings have been very inconsistent. Defense isn't very good. Yeah. Mike Glennon, give me the 10. I mean, the Jaguars almost beat the Browns last week. And they, I don't know. They, they tend to play some teams close. The Vikings had that weird loss to the Cowboys at home a couple weeks ago. So... Um, I do think the Vikings win. I don't think it's a blowout, so I'll take the Jags to cover. Uh, no. Okay. Uh, also noon, which according to the notes I'm looking at right now is the best game of the week, question mark? You Bad think so? Of games. That, look at them. There's the- Browns and Titans. This is it. I don't know. The Browns are in it. I'm not calling it the game of the week. Uh, the Titans are five and a half point favorites at home. Titans. Impressive win over the Colts. The Browns, Baker Mayfield might not be good, but they're still winning. Good, got a good running game. I'm going to say the Titans win by a touchdown here. Derrick Henry okay. rolls again. Um, yeah, I'm just struggling to be too impressed by the Browns. They're going to make the playoffs, though, and their schedule's not terribly hard. Um, but I do like the way the Titans are going right now. They're at home, so yeah, I'll take them to, to cover as well. So take that and think about that for a little bit. 305 on Fox. Rams in Arizona playing the Cardinals. The Cardinals are two-and-a-half-point underdogs in this game, and they've been kind of struggling lately. I'm going to say Rams because I've never been sold on the Cardinals don't get me wrong. I like Kyler Murray a lot, but a lot of questions about that team. Um, give me the Rams covering and, and maybe putting the Cardinals playoff prospects in further doubt. I'm going to take the Rams too. I The Rams have been hard for me to figure out too because then they have these games against the 49ers and they just don't look that good and Goff looks terrible. But uh, Jared Goff has bounced back well after bad games this season. Uh, I still think the Rams are really well coached. The Cardinals' offense has not been as explosive as of late, and they're playing a good defense here. They're playing Aaron Donald, so I will also take the Rams. Golly. Giants and Seahawks. Yeah, this is a bad week of games. 305. My guy Clayton Thorson might be starting this game for the Giants. Whoa. Whoa. So uh, Giants outright. Giants outright win. Both teams have a lot to play for. That's why it's on this. I put this list together. Seahawks 
and Giants. There's playoff implications involved here. Um, I'm going to say the Giants cover. Maybe it's a push. I don't know. It, but tens a lot. Seahawks, their defense is awful. Uh, they seem just even their offense seems a bit inconsistent now. Um, yeah, give me the Giants just and, and your guy Clayton Thorson to cover this one. Giants have played teams tough. They're usually in games that are single digits. The Seahawks have kind of struggled to put away teams when they can and you know left it lingering around where the spread is or not covered for a lot of a lot of this season. So I think you just kind of go off recent history there and maybe it's a backdoor cover, something like that, but I will also take the Giants to cover Seahawks to win. Philosophy is, is a kill philosophy. Keep it likable and learnable. So that's an acronym for not you, you know what I'm talking about. Keep it likable and learnable. 325. This is your nationally televised afternoon game. Eagles. Yeah, Eagles at Packers. I mean, I don't know why the the world is against football fans, but they keep making the national world that's national world. That's that doesn't make sense. The uh nation, this country, watch the Eagles and Bears on nationally televised games. As okay. The, as um, um, Batman's butler, Alfred, once said, some men just like to watch the world burn, Adam. Wow. And in this wow. case, it's Carson Wentz's career. Holy moly. That's such a fascinating fall to, to follow. I, I'll, I'll be honest. So if you're into those types of things, he's playing one of the greatest quarterbacks of all time, and Aaron Rodgers. Um, give me the Packers in a route here. Um, the Eagles are just mind-blowingly bad, I think. Oh, the parallels between the Eagles and Bears. It's uh, pretty incredible. Doug Peterson's post-game press conference Tuesday sounded just like Matt Nagy's. Uh, Eagles are bad. Give me more Jalen Hurts, please. If I have to watch this game, please give me more Jalen Hurts. I'm begging you, Doug. Probably not happening. Uh, Give me the Packers. I think the Packers roll. They cover. They win. There you go. Uh, All right, good stuff. Hey, it could be a... Enjoyable Sunday for you listeners out there. I hope it is. Maybe for once our voicemail line will be a happier place. Or it'll just be a tire fire again. Uh, I'm going to say a little bit of both. If things go bad Sunday, it's just going to keep going downhill. I don't know how you rebound from that then. Uh, But you got to stop it somewhere. You got to get your ace on the mound. Be the stopper. (laughs) I like how your ace on the mound is another team. Yes. (laughs) That's what it is. It's yes. also a different sport, so yes. you know. like you like when you're the kid, like when you're a kid playing, and you know you, you've you've suffered a couple of bad losses, but you know you're playing the team in your conference, which everybody beats. Yeah, that's what you this need. is it. The stopper. No. Thank you, Lions, for that. Uh, follow us on Twitter at Adam Hogue, H O G E at Adam Johns J A H N S. Read us NBCSportsChicago.com, theAthletic.com slash Hogan Johns. Go subscribe podcast deal. $1 a week and join us 5.30 after the game on Sunday on YouTube. Just go to YouTube, search Hogan Johns. I think the link is also in the description of this podcast. Go subscribe to our YouTube channel. We'll be live at 5.30 and if you can't join us live, don't worry. The podcast will be posted as it always is for you after the game. Sunday, Bears-Lions. We'll talk to you then. See ya. Y'all stay corona-free, all right? And God bless. <laughs> Ha, 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 ha.